Okay. Now we're ready. Okay. Well, thanks, everyone. Good to see you. And uh, now that we have two services, I've got to think about my time a little bit more, right? So I've got about 20 minutes, and that's great. That's all I need for today. So we're not only, some of you have the hope of Pastor Mark preaching a short message one day in your lifetime. I'm hoping to fulfill your hopes this morning, okay? This morning, we're starting off with Advent, which is great. I'm so thankful for Elsa and Pastor Kate lighting our candle this morning. Advent is about preparation. That's what it's about. Advent is, its purpose is to help us prepare our hearts and our minds and our spirits to remind ourselves about all that Jesus has done. Now, there's four things in particular that Advent helps us with. And these four things are things that we would say that as human beings alive on this planet, we cannot do without these four things. Hope, love, joy, and peace. Right? I can't live without those things. Now, we try to live without those things, and we try to fill them with all other things, right? Like big pickup trucks, picket fences around houses, right? We, we have all of our things that we try to fill with our lives instead of those things. But the longer you live, the more you realize, those are the things I really need, aren't they? And here's the great part. Advent reminds us that's exactly what Jesus came to give us. And so today, we're going to talk about hope. Today, we're going to talk about the tradition of Advent and why lighting the candle each day reminds us to focus on these four things, hope, love, joy, and peace. Now, Rich Volotis said, Advent trains us in hopeful waiting. I love that. Advent trains us in hopeful waiting waiting. We picked uh, a theme verse for each week, and today we're lighting the hope candle. And so I'd like us to look at a verse in Romans chapter 15. In Romans chapter 15, there is a great verse about hope. And in this verse, it helps us understand a little bit about past hope and a little bit about hope for today. And I'd like us to read it, and then I want us to break this verse down because it's very important. Romans chapter 15, verse 12 and 13. We're going to start in verse 12 with a prophetic verse from Isaiah, which uh, Elsa just read to us. This is another verse in that section of verses um, that Isaiah prophesied 700 years before Christ was born. In verse 12, it says, And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. In him, the Gentiles will hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And there's lots about hope in that section of verses. But I want to just point out, I want to point out three things that we see about hope. The first thing is that answered promises give us hope. Answered promises give us hope. And that's what God has been doing his whole life with us. 
In fact, the Old Testament is a great revealer to us about how God, all he's doing is answering promises over and over again. And verse 12 is a confirmation of God's answered promises. That a root of Jesse will spring up. And that root of Jesse, Jesse, you'll remember, was King David's father. And it's a prophetic reference that someone from the family of David will be born and he will rule over the nations and the Gentiles will put their hope in him. Now what's awesome is that Jesus was a descendant of King David, born in the family and the line of David. Therefore, he answers the promise that God gave. And so we have hope that God answers his promises. Now, the hope candle is also called the prophecy candle. Each candle has different names and terms with it, but the hope candle is also called the prophecy candle because we can put our hope in God because he continues to answer his prophetic word. He continues to fulfill his prophetic word. Now, prophecy is a very special thing. Prophecy is God's way of telling us what will happen in the future. But it's also interesting for us to look back and see all of the things that God has prophetically said and how he has answered all of them. See, the Israelites understood prophecy better than anyone because God would talk to them through the prophets. And what the prophets would say always would come true. And the prophecy that gave the Israelites the greatest hope were the prophecies declaring the coming of a Messiah of a savior, of a rescuer. Now, these prophecies in particular stirred their hearts, filled their minds with wonder and joy and hopeful thoughts. So generation after generation, until one day the root of Jesse sprung out and all of God's prophetic utterances were answered. Now, a good definition of hope is confident expectation. So you confidently expect something. You confidently believe that something will happen. And I think all of us have this. All of us have expectations in this life, things that we hope will happen in our lifetime. We heard some of those things from people when they were thanking the Lord that he fulfilled those things for them. But there's something that gives us confidence that our expectations will be met. There's something that helps us understand and have a confident expectation that what we're hoping for will be met today, right now. And that's past faithfulness. Past faithfulness gives us confidence that what we're hoping for today will be answered. Let me give you an example. When you stand at the altar with your spouse and you say, I do, and you say, I commit to love this person for the rest of my life, and then day after day after day after day, you continue to love that person, 10, 15, 20 years later, I don't wonder, I'm never anxious I never think in my mind, I, gosh, I, I wonder if Kate loves me this morning. 
That never is a thought that, that's like the last thought in my mind anymore. Because her faithfulness over and over and over, day after day after day, all the past days of constant love and faithfulness to me reminds me she's going to continue to love me today. She's going to continue to love me tomorrow. Now, guess what, folks? That's exactly what God has done. That's exactly what prophecy is. Prophecy is God's past faithfulness of saying to his people, the Israelites and us today, I love you, and I'm going to send someone to prove my love to you. And then Jesus came. And so you and I live in this understanding that God's past faithfulness has been answered. And there's actually 300 specific prophecies that God answered to remind us. That's why the writer in Hebrews in chapter 10, verse 23, said, Hold unswervingly to the hope you profess, for he who promised is faithful. We can have hope in God today and in God tomorrow because he is faithful and because he answers his promises. Now, Christmas is the season of hope. You're going to hear that word all throughout the season. But you'll hear it in wrong ways. You'll hear things like, hope in mankind. Really? Hope in mankind? I heard that in the Macy's Day Parade. Hope in what we're all, we're all in this together and the mankind is, we're, we're just, we just love each other. No, we don't. That's what history is. We've been killing each other and hating each other. Uh, don't put your hope in mankind. Put your hope in God. Put your hope in a love that never fails and that never goes away. Put your hope in him. Now, here's what's interesting about hope. The day Jesus was born, all the hope that we would ever need was born as well. And that hope was given to humble parents who laid hope in a manger for you and me. Romans 15 also reminds us that our hope is in Jesus our hope is in Jesus. Now, there's this little phrase. I love this little phrase. Paul says, in him, him being Jesus, the Gentiles will hope. Not just the Jews, not just the Israelites, the Gentiles. The people that have been outside of the plan of God. The people that know nothing about the plan of God. All of the people on the planet will get an opportunity to be included in the hope of Christ. Man, that's good news. You and I sit here today because somebody, thousands of years back, brought the hope of Jesus to our families, generations back. And here we sit today. See, God promised to send someone, and that someone was Jesus. Now, our hope in Jesus as Gentiles is also there because no one has done what Jesus did. Now, it's interesting that Paul, in, in verse 12, would say that in, in Christ, the Gentiles will hope. It's interesting because Paul uses Jewish prophecy to prove to Gentiles while they why they should have hope in Jesus. In a little bit of a way, that doesn't make a lot of sense because as Gentiles, we have no history of prophecy. We have no history of prophetic words in our nation's history or in our family's past. Gentiles don't have that. 
Only the Israelites have that heritage. But prophecy is so compelling and such a strong proof that even people that were not included in it in the beginning can look at it and say, wow, that's astounding. For instance, you can go up to Grand Coulee Dam and maybe you were not involved in building the dam, but you can go up there and look at it and go, wow, that's amazing. That's cool. You and I can look into the stars and we can say, wow, that's amazing. That's so awesome what's happening off of our planet. But we didn't create it. We just get to see it. See, even Gentiles get to put their hope in Jesus because what God has promised. See, no one has done what Jesus did. Jesus fulfills all of the prophecy. Another reason that as Gentiles we can put our hope in Jesus is because he promised what he promised to do was not easy. What he promised to do was to suffer, to die, and to come back to life for you and I. So what Jesus promised to do was very difficult. God didn't promise to do something simple like buy you an iPhone at Christmas. He promised to give his life. He promised freedom from sin. He promised unconditional love, amazing grace, peace that is yours every day of your life. That's an amazing thing that God did. But the only way that could happen was if he came. If he came to earth and died on a cross and came back to life for us. And that's exactly what he did. And the amazing part about it is no one else has ever done that. So as Gentiles, we can put our hope in Jesus because Jesus does for us what no one else who's ever lived or ever will live has done and will do. Lastly, in Romans 15, Paul says, to overflow with hope. To overflow with hope. At Christmas, this is a great opportunity for us to overflow with hope. I remember about 10 years ago, I think it'll be 10 years this Christmas, Kate and I did something really fun with our kids that made them overflow with hope and joy. We, um, they had been begging us, asking us, pleading with us, willing to give their left arm for a dog. And Kate and I had been saying no for a while because we're good parents. <laughs> and uh, we, we wanted a dog that um, didn't shed and that was hypoallergenic. And so we were, you know, we needed a miracle. That's what we needed, basically. And so we started praying. We just started praying, Lord, if you want us to have a dog, you know, bring us a dog. And, uh, but we want the dog to be free as well. And um, we would like a free dog. We'd like it to not shed. And we'd like it to be hypoallergenic. So this is miracle upon miracle upon miracle that we are asking for. But we follow a God that does miracle upon miracle upon miracle, don't we? So Amy Meyer one day sent an email out to all of her friends, and we were in her friend group, and the email said, basically, I have a coworker who's looking for a home for a nice miniature schnauzer. 
and I immediately emailed her back. How much does it cost? Blah, blah, blah. And she said, it's free. Just go pick it up. And we were like, this is awesome. Free dog. This is exactly what God wanted for us. It was about two weeks before Christmas. And so Kate and I decided, let's make this a surprise for the kids on Christmas morning. So went and picked up the dog, took the dog to Kate's dad's. The dog lived with Kate's dad's for a couple weeks. Then went and grabbed it Christmas Eve, and the dog was across the street at our neighbor's. And then Christmas morning, because Kate and I decided to take our uh, goodness as parents to another level, we bought our kids little miniature schnauzer um, stuffed animals. And we had them open them at Christmas. And they said, what's this? And we said, these are your dogs. (laughs) and uh they were like that's not funny that's not fair and we're like well we just you know what do we i'm sorry but we have one more gift for you and we gave them one more gift and one was like a water dish and the other was a food dish and they opened them they're like what's this and then we brought the dog in and as you've seen on so many youtube clips they're running around the room we got a dog we got a dog we got a dog and they were overflowing with joy and overflowing because their hope had been fulfilled in a dog they were so thrilled and we still have that dog today even though she is almost completely deaf and blind but here's What we're reminded of when we see clips of that and hear stories about that, Paul says that as believers, we can overflow with hope. That we overflow with hope. Now, why did my kids overflow with hope? Because their hopes were answered in a gift. That's why they overflowed with hope. That's why they ran around the room screaming. That's why they fought over holding the dog all day. Now, what Paul is saying is, as believers, we should overflow with hope because the gift of a Savior has been opened. We know Him. The gift of Jesus is in our lives, and the benefits of Jesus' death and resurrection are alive inside of us. See, as believers who are living after Jesus has died and risen from the dead, We don't just have hope. Paul says, we overflow with hope. If we lived before Jesus and we only had the words of Isaiah, we'd be waiting for the gift to be opened. So we'd only have hope. But now that we live after Christ and we understand all the goodness of the cross and all of the blessings of the resurrection, we don't just have hope, we overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, what are some of the things that we overflow with hope about? Well, let me tell you some of the things that we overflow with hope about that are ours in Christ. Think about some of these things. And and I want you to think about what gift you might have put on your list for Christmas this year and see if it compares to this list. Here's the things that Jesus brought us. Forgiveness, anytime you ask. Grace, that is sufficient for every single need you have. Provision from God. Protection from the enemy of your soul every minute of the day. 
peace that is greater than your understanding and that guards your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Joy, unspeakable. Even in troubled times. A real identity that is found in your heavenly Father. Love that never ends. Power that conquers death in you and that fills you with the Holy Spirit and helps you live for Jesus today. A hope that sustains you through everything today and whatever's happening tomorrow. And lastly, eternal life. Now, can I just tell you something? These things, even though we're not kids anymore, should make adults run around this room screaming for joy. Because we realize as adults now, we're not kids that get crazy over a gift anymore. But as adults, don't we all look at this list and go, that's exactly what I need. I'm so thankful for what God has done for me. And these are the things that, friends, should make us overflow with hope. So let me close with this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you for this season that we are entering. A season of continual thanks to you an Advent season to prepare our hearts and our minds and our spirits down deep to our soul with the remembrance of your birth. With the remembrance of your death and your resurrection. These are the things that change our life and that change our world. Would you help this Christmas, 2020, to be like no other? In a year that's been crazy, chaotic, a struggle, difficulty, Lord Jesus, help us identify with you this year more than any other year because that's exactly why you came into the world. You came into the world because the world is a difficult place is a place full of struggle and pain, but you came to save us from it. Lord, may we be a people that understand that, believe it, make you our Savior and Lord, and live for you, but may we be a people that also are overflowing with this hope of Jesus. May we be people that during this Christmas season get lots of opportunities to share the love, the joy, and the peace of Christ with others as they see us overflowing with hope. Lord, may that be what our lives are like during this season and all year long. May our actions show that. May our words reveal that. And may we be people that model the life of Jesus Christ to others around us. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name.
Amen.